Morning everybody. Great to be with you this morning. Uh, My name's Andy Scott Evans and according to the notices I am a highlight. Um, I think that should go up again Martin. The the notices described as a highlight. I've not often been called a highlight in my life so I'm very very pleased with that. Um, I'm also very pleased with the opportunity to come and speak to you about speak to you today about Nehemiah. Um, This is one of my um, favourite parts of the Bible and has been a great uh, encouragement to me over the last few years, well decade really, as I have been in my own way um, doing a bit of work like Nehemiah Nehemiah in um, Brentwood. For those of you that don't know, uh, I'm the head teacher of Beckett Keys Church of England School, which is a school that uh, I actually founded. Um, so I came up with the idea to start a new Christian school uh, in Brentwood, came up with the plans, went to the government and said, I've got a plan here to start an, a new school. And they said, yes, OK. Uh, I went to Downing Street I went to the Department for Education, Um, I even went to Buckingham Palace. You'd have to go to all sorts of very fancy places when you're opening uh, a new school. And um, I have spent, not personally, but as the head teacher, I've spent well over £15, £16 million of public money on um, a school, a Christian school in, in Brentwood. And along the, the, the way, I have felt very much like Nehemiah. You know, those bits at the beginning of the book where he goes to the king and says, I've got this idea. I think we should rebuild this school. There was a school um, in Brentwood that was very badly led and was closing down. It was in a terrible state. And I had seen that because um, I was the head teacher of the primary school opposite. And I'd looked at it and thought, Someone needs to run a Christian school there. A school run with God at its centre is what this town desperately needs. In fact, it's what Essex needs. Essex is the largest local education authority in the country and yet at the time didn't have a single Church of England secondary school for anyone to go to. Not one. Had loads of um, Church of England primary schools. In fact, there were 12 Church of England primary schools in Brentwood but not a secondary school for the children to be able to go on to. I mean, can you imagine? We, we, as Christians, we were educating children up to the age of 11, and then just as they're about to hit puberty and adolescence, we would say, right, on you go, we've finished with you now. Which was a disgrace, really, considering the Church of England uh, came up with the original idea for schools. It was churches that came up with schools and said, let's educate the children Let's enculturate them into the Christian values that we need them to have. So with all this in mind, I I said, someone needs to open a a church school there. And incredibly, every time I said someone ought to do that, people kept agreeing with me, including some of the most powerful people in the country. Um, Whether you like them or not, I'll name a couple of politicians. David Cameron... Michael Gove, had this idea of big society. We wrote to them and they said, yes, this is, this is the right thing for this, for this town, for this county. Uh, and I'm going to tell you a little bit more about 
the journey that we've been on setting up this school and how it seems to me to be similar, a modern day similar story to the story that Nehemiah tells us and Sally so beautifully read to us. Um, It's a good job I didn't ask you to read chapter 7 because um, if you look ahead at chapter 7 there's a whole list of uh, names there for you to get your teeth into. Um, We're just looking at chapter 6 really today although uh, we are encouraged to read on to uh, the bottom of chapter 7 as well and I do encourage you if you haven't already done so to read the whole book of Nehemiah. At this point in the book, um, Nehemiah is nearly there. Um, He has got his funding from the government. He's been to see the king, been to see the powerful people. He's got the money and he has, over 52 days, been focusing on this project. Uh, In chapter 1... It says he's rebuilt the wall, there's not a gap left in it, though at the time I've not set up the doors in the gate. He's almost there. He just needs to do this important work of putting the doors on the gates. And so, my first question to you this morning is, what is it that you are focusing on? What's your mission? What are you working on? I got the impression this morning, as Colin was praying, that he has been praying about the situation in Russia. I don't imagine that was the first prayer you've said about Russia and Ukraine. I don't know whether you got that sense as well, but I could feel a power in Colin's prayer, because it's a prayer that I imagine he's been saying. Uh, He was telling me that he's walked to church today through Norsey Woods, part of a a physical and spiritual expression of faith today. And I imagine, as a good chance, as Colin was walking, he was praying for the people he's been seeing on his TV screens, the people he's been reading about in his newspapers. I wonder what things are stirring your heart, what things you are focusing on. I would love it if some of you would focus on Beckett Keys with me after this morning, maybe you will feel like there's something I could support in prayer. I've um, got a couple of um, handouts for you that are on the table outside. Um, They're written by someone who came, uh, Reverend Fumilayo Vaughan, who is a curate for the Church of England. And she came and spent a week in our school She admits in her report that she came wondering whether we were one of those church schools that puts the name church on the door but doesn't actually do anything with it. And her report is her findings that actually faith was right at the heart of our school, prayer was at the heart of our school and the difference it made. You might like to read about the four days she spent in our school uh, and use it as a way to to pray and focus. Perhaps you've got your projects already lined up. Um, We should certainly be praying for the work of our missionaries. Isn't that tremendous what um, Val Duval has done in in France? Um, I don't know uh, a great deal about the honour system in, in France, but it does seem like this is a really top 
honour that's recognising the work that she's been doing. Let's join her in praying and, and supporting what she's doing. Uh, this is my own project. This is Beckett Keys Church of England School. So this is the, the view that people see of our school as they come down the road. Uh, you can see that we have placed an enormous cross uh, on the front side of, of the school. And this is where the children come in every day. So they walk in under the cross of Jesus into school. Uh, just here is the cornerstone of this school and we've written on it, Christ is our cornerstone. So every day they see that Jesus is at the heart of our school. This is our chapel, which I'll show you a picture of in a minute. So right at the front corner is uh, a chapel. So people look through the, the windows and can see um, the school. And one of the things that we worked really hard on building right at the beginning, before we really had very much money at all, was this wall, um, inspired by Nehemiah a little bit. I knew that for a lot of people, the only thing they would ever see of our school is the view from the path. And um, we were given a very, very small amount of money to start with. And I thought, let's build a really good wall. <laughs> they won't see our science labs, they won't see our music department, they won't see our sports hall, but they'll see that wall. And they'll think, this school is under new management. Um, so, like Nehemiah, we rebuilt uh, a really smart wall around our school. This is our mission, this is what we are, are focused on. What's your mission and what does it say to people that, that look at you about your faith? Um, is it your front garden? Is your front garden your mission field? Does it say something about your, your values? Um, some people make more of an effort of their back garden, even though only they see it. I don't know where it is in the Bible, I've been looking for it, but I'm sure there's a bit in the Bible where the Jews are encouraged to look after the bits of their house, the bits of their, I'm looking at you Ian, see if you know, the bits of their garden that people see. Because it makes a good impression. It tells people, we're blessed by God. Look at what's happening here. Yesterday I was watering the plants and I was listening to a podcast that I was really enjoying and a man came along who I'd never seen in the village before and he wanted to talk to me and I was a bit grumpy because I was thinking, I don't want to talk to you, I want to listen to my podcast. And then I was really convicted by what I was going to say today and I thought, no, I've got to take my headphones on, I've got to really engage with this person and really see where he's coming from, really listen to him. Now what what messages are we giving to our neighbours, to the people around us, in terms of our faith and our hospitality? Our mission field can be as simple as how we treat people walking past our garden, the people we meet in the shops. Um, Wayne, up at Perry Street, was encouraging us to think about the lady who sits outside Waitrose, you know, by the pillar outside Waitrose. How do we treat her? How do we speak to her? What's her name? What does she need from the shop? What can we do? Staying focused is clearly what Nehemiah needs to do at this time and, it, and it's something I wanted to ask you about this morning. What are you focusing on? The second verse tells us that uh, the enemy 
is turning up the heat. Come, let's meet, say people like Sam Ballat and Geshem. Come, let's meet, let's go to one of the villages. It sounds friendly, but actually these people are deliberately trying to distract Nehemiah. When we first were setting up the school, there were lots of people who did not want our school to open. Like Nehemiah, we were under attack. I used to get hate mail. People used to write to me, telling me that they hated what, what I was doing, that it was awful and, and terrible and, and shouldn't be happening. That was quite easy to spot and to think, well, okay, you, you've got a particular view, I'm going to ignore you. Other people were more subtle in their approaches. And although I knew they were critical of the school, they were often saying, let's come and have a meeting. Let's get together. Let's hear about what it is that you're doing. And I would go along with great intentions to try and convince them and turn them round and get them to support the school. Um, but after a while, some of the other people that were working with me said, you are never, ever going to change their minds. You're just wasting time. And they said to me, what you need to say is, no, I'm doing God's work here and I'm not going to be distracted by you. I wonder in what ways you are being distracted. I wonder if it is obvious or subtle. In what ways is the enemy turning up the heat and trying to convince you that you shouldn't stay quite so focused on your mission. Nehemiah knows he's doing a great work. This is not a picture of our school. We don't have a tremendous tunnel under our building. But I did think it looked like a great work. I don't know what this man is doing, but he's doing something incredible. I wonder whether you are sure that you're doing a great work. In verse 3, we see Nehemiah saying, I'm doing a great project. He really understands what it is that God wants him to do. Are you confident that your projects are great projects? How can we know? I'll come back to that thought. Nehemiah says, I cannot come down. Interesting. It's always a come down to leave God's work to do something else. I think we always know, don't we, when we've stepped down from the thing that God wants us to be doing and come down to doing something else. When we spend our money in a way that we know isn't really what God would have wanted us to do with it. When we spend our time doing things that are not really the right things to do. Upholding others in prayer, supporting them with your finances, will always be the right work to be doing. Here's some more photos of our school. As I've said, we've now um, applied for numerous um, grants and government funds, and we've benefited hugely, and now have one of the most beautiful um, schools that you could imagine that the students um, get to come to. It really is a beautiful place to, to be. 
Uh, we're also seeing God's blessing through our exam results. We're consistently one of the top um, five or six schools in Essex for the progress students make. They get the very, very high results, which is great, but it's actually about the progress students make that really excites us. Students from across the ability range. The students that do best with us are the students with special needs, the students who come in with the lowest levels of ability. They make the greatest progress in our school. And I'm very pleased with that, that we're focusing on the most vulnerable students. We also have um, some of the best attendants in Essex. We are second in the whole of Essex. Students love coming to our school. We have very, very high levels of attendance um, and also excellent conduct in school. This is our chapel. Um, Those are those big windows that I was saying. So this is the road here and people can look in and see uh, our worship space. There's worship in here on a regular basis. Every Friday we have services that members of the public can come to. So if you have a free on a Friday lunchtime and want to join us at one o'clock, you're welcome to come and join us in our chapel. We have a a short uh, voluntary service uh, that students and staff and members of the public can come to. We also have huge services up at the uh, local church in Brentwood. I don't know if you know St Thomas's Church. We can fit about 700 children in there, all worshipping God together, hearing them saying the Lord's Prayer together, singing hymns like the Servant King that we sung today, is incredibly moving. And it's for children of all faiths, and no faith, and of course Christian faith. Everyone is, is welcome in our school. So please do pray for us as we continue to try and build a Christian community. Um, I really think it is a fantastic expression of Christian principles, an open door that anyone can come to. Sort of like what the church used to be like when Jesus was around. The church used to be a place where you'd come and learn. It used to be a place where you'd come and eat. It used to be a place where you would... It would be a community hub. Um, Our school is open seven days a week to members of the public to come in and use our facilities and wherever people go, um, they will see the cross. They will see um, Jesus. What did Mother Fumalayo say when she came to see our school? Um, As I entered the reception area, any which way you turn, you see a cross. I counted seven which included the wall clock. Also, in the reception area was a television screen depicting the passion story. For anyone who came in, they were to be in no doubt this was a school that was unashamed of its Christian roots. Moving on to verses 5 to 7, we see that poor Nehemiah is um, under a, a character assassination. Sam Bala is not letting up and is um, continuing to distract and attack Nehemiah. It says that he sent Nehemiah an open letter. Do you understand what that means? So, in the old days, they would write a letter, put it in an envelope, seal it with wax, and it would be closed all the way there. And it would travel, and the person who received it would know, no one's looked at my letter, because the wax seal isn't broken. 
this letter was sent open. So everywhere it went, people were reading it. It's full of lies and rubbish about Nehemiah. And it is being spread like a vicious rumour everywhere it goes. It's kind of social media in the times of Nehemiah. People can write whatever rubbish they want about head teachers, and they generally do a lot. And it's open for everyone to see. Head teachers are not allowed to respond to anything put about us on social media. You're not allowed to do it. You can't do it. So people can write whatever they like about your school. You cannot uh, respond. Nehemiah is being gossiped about. You and the Jews are plotting to revolt. That's why you're building the wall. Moreover, you're about to become their king. You've even appointed prophets to make this proclamation about you in Jerusalem. There's a king in Judah. All this stuff is a lie. It's rubbish. So Nehemiah deals with it head on. In verse 8, he says, you're lying. And he then exposes what they're trying to do. It's very hard to do that sort of thing when the attack feels personal. I really hope that none of you are so obviously under attack. But we all face it in one way or another. Christians are under attack all the time, aren't we? Think about how we are represented in the news, represented on on television. Uh, My daughter Isla brought a book home from the school library this week, um, which was really written to, to undermine Christian values. The whole thing was written, directed at children to give them poor values around really important things to do with sexuality and sexual behaviour. She's 11 and she's bringing home this book which is advertised for 9 to 12 year olds. Isla's a very bright young lady and she knew this was not a good book so she brought it to Joe, my wife and said, look at this book. It didn't take long to look at it and know this is a really bad book. Our values are being deliberately undermined, aren't they? And of course, who's the Christian in the book? The Christian is this awful character who hates everyone, isn't accepting of anyone, wants to squash everything, and is a laughable character. As Christians, we're misrepresented and it's hard to to answer back. Through prayerful encouragement, we need to pray for Christians who are out there on the front line. Find out who the Christians are in Parliament. Find out the Christians in local government and, and pray for them. Pray for our own church leaders. Pray for me, if you would, because there's rubbish written about schools uh, on social media. There's rubbish written about us um, in the press. This whole article is nonsense, written about how I don't want to have children with special needs in the school, about how I don't care about them, how, how I don't provide for them. The whole thing is rubbish. Written in the newspaper for everyone to see. Martin Luther King said, Seldom, if ever, do I pause to answer criticism of my work and my ideas. If I sought to answer all the criticisms that cross my desk, 
My secretaries would be engaged in little else in the course of the day and I would have no time for constructive work. I know how he feels. We have to keep our eye on what we are doing. Feel confident that what we're doing is right and of God. So what is it that might be distracting you? What are you tempted by? What is there that's attacking what you stand for? Go back to your mission, what it is you're working on, and think about how you are focusing on it. One of my big problems at the moment at school is lack of funds. You'll have read in the press about how teachers are talking about going on strike and it, you know, there is not enough money to do the right things in schools. That, combined with the fact that even in an area like Brentwood, we have children who need um, free school meals. The lunch they have at school is their only decent meal of the day. We have families who can't afford shoes for their children. They can't afford school bags for children. And we have to pay for children to have a meal at school. We also pay for them to have meals during the holidays. We buy them supermarket vouchers so that they can eat during the holidays. Parents who are embarrassed and ashamed, too ashamed to go to the food bank, are getting private help through the, the school. What a wonderful Christian witness for us to be able to say, don't worry, we've got Christians who've got your back and they trust me as the head teacher to support you. I regularly have a little trickle fund of a couple of hundred pounds that local Christians give that I can use. What a great witness. What a great witness to our finance team who say, there's another £10 that's been donated that just says Church Hardship Fund. Who are these people? Um, There are families in our school that when our children are going on a school trip, they pay for their own child and they also pay double to let someone else go. How wonderful when I'm talking to parents and they say, oh, I'd love to go on the, the Norfolk Lake trip but I can't afford it. I can say, well, do you know there's a Christian family that have paid for your daughter to be able to go. In the, um, in the article that I've shared with you, I have put there um, the, the, the school's bank details. Even if you can only give a pound, what a witness it is to come into our finance team and say another pound has been given. Who knows, it might be the widow's might um, that might just make the difference. Um, you can write a cheque, you can send some money in. We mustn't let anything distract us from doing what's right for the children in our care. How did Nehemiah resist the distractions and temptations? Well, if we look at verse 10 and 12, we see the answer. He's being tempted to go into the house of the Lord inside the temple. If you look at verse 10, it says, He said, let us meet in the house of God, inside the temple, let us close the temple doors, because some people are trying to kill you, by night they're coming to kill you. That sounds good, doesn't it? It sounds pretty sensible. One of his enemies is saying, let's come together in the house of God Let's close the doors, let's bar the doors and let's be safe in there. But Nehemiah knows his Bible. 
he knows it's a sin for him to go into that part of the temple. In this book that um, those of us who are speaking on Nehemiah at the moment are using, I, I, I found this really interesting. It says, Nehemiah knows his Bible. He knows it's a sin for him to go into the temple. Nehemiah is not a priest. He is allowed to enter the temple courts, but not the temple building itself. Only priests and temple attendants can go in there. So he answers, what man such as I could go into the temple and live? I will not go in. So he applies his knowledge of the Bible to help him decide what's the right thing to do or not. A while ago, I was involved in a legal case at school and there were solicitors involved in this legal case. I can't go into the details for legal reasons, but these solicitors were trying to get us to reach a settlement outside of the formal process that we were in. And because it was such an important process, I had solicitors working for me as well. And they were saying, I think we should listen to these solicitors. I think we should have a meeting and see whether we can strike a deal. And I thought, this just doesn't feel right to me. What's right is to follow the process and go through with the actual legal arrangements. And even though it was tempting, we stuck with doing what was the right thing to do. And my prayer is that eventually God will honour that. When I'm trying to decide on the right things to do, I go back to the Bible. What are you focusing on? When you're distracted, how does the Bible encourage you to stay focused? So, in summary, let's stay focused. The enemy will turn up the heat. But remember, you're doing a great work. God's got a great plan for you. Don't step down from it. Don't come down from the heights of what God's got for you. However tempting that may be, it's a step down. Yes, some difficulties will come. Yes, some of it will be public and will be unfair. But we need to focus on the truth and stay true. I don't know if any of you use Lectio 365 um, as a, for a Bible reading. It's, a, it's an app you can get. Um, and in the reading yesterday, um, it was from Matthew 25, and it seemed to fit with what I was saying this morning, so I thought I'd finish with it. It says, When the Son of Man comes in his glory, he will separate people from one another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you a drink? When did we see you a stranger and welcome you? And the king will answer them, Truly, I say to you, as you did to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. Jesus is giving us a clear indication 
of the mission field, the least, the weakest. I encourage you to think about your own mission fields and the things that you can do to make a difference. And as I've said, if you're struggling to think of a mission field, then please do support us at Beckett Keys. We're dealing with children who deserve the very best God has um, to offer them. I'm going to finish with a prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the missions that you've given us. Help us to stay focused on the work that you have for us, not to be distracted or diverted. Help us not to come down from the good work that you've been encouraging us to do. We do pray for those who face difficulties, criticism and attack. And we pray that you would uphold them by the power of your Spirit. We thank you that you are with us. And that in this mysterious way, when we do these little things for people who are seen as the least around us, we are doing them for you. Amen.